free. Otherwise, I will strip her naked and make her as bare as on the day she was born. I will make her like a desert, turn her into a parched land, and slay her with thirst. I will not show my love to her children, because they are the children of adultery. Um, so, I will make her a desert. If we come back now to the feeling of this is the whole people, Israel itself was going to become a desert, a parched land, um, a dying of thirst. They are the children of adultery. Um, and remember that with God, idolatry equals adultery. Um, and he wants them to remember that. Um, I want to move on because I want to make a point about the Baals, but this is not quite yet um, uh, soon, though. So their mother has been unfaithful and has conceived them in disgrace. She said, I will go after my lovers who give me my food and my water, my wool and my linen, my oil and my drink. Um, where were the people of Israel? Who are the people of Israel talking about when they say, sure, with a prostitute, you know, she gets goodies, right? But what is this stuff for the people of Israel? It's actually an easier question than maybe you think. For the people of Israel, this stuff, food, water, wool, linen, oil, drink, this stuff is this stuff. Does that make sense? They thought that the Baals, the false gods, were giving them all these blessings. And so um, there are times where, partly because of Hosea, when I read the rest of, of Scripture and the rest of prophecy in Scripture, I'm, I wonder how far afield we should wander from the text as we have it. Um, you know, there, there's, there's something to application of prophecy. If God tells you this is what this means, oh, by the way, Daniel, this is Cyrus who's coming, or oh, by the way, Isaiah, he even names him Cyrus for, for Isaiah. But here, the thing is the thing. You know, what, what, the, what the adulterous woman thinks she's getting is exactly what the people thought they were getting and for the wrong reason. Well, it would be a desert of everything. Yeah, it's also a desert of the womb. You know, this is a desert of everything. So, the, yes, the land, the word of God, the wombs of the women, it's a desert of absolutely everything. And there were... And we have something happening in the ninth century or the, or, the, or the early 8th century BC here also, which I want to get to. We have species beginning to die off in Israel. Um, so I'm going to come to this a little bit later, but there, is a, there are several kinds of trees and grasses. The Syrian elephant is beginning to disappear. The Syrian lion beginning to disappear. There were... Um, there were camels that were neither the dromedaries nor the, um, uh, what are they called, the, the, the two humpers. Yeah, thank you, the, the, the dromedaries and the, and the steam locomotives. And there were other animals, and I'm thinking the Syrian elephant and the Syrian, uh, uh, there, there were hippos and rhinos that were up here that are beginning to die off now, partly because of population, but maybe over-harvestation and things like that. And there, some of the animal species are becoming a desert as well. Um, and God says later in this chapter, I'm going to bring some of them back. 
So you're wiping them out, and I'm going to bring them back, uh, what, what things are happening. But there's stuff about lions coming up later in the chapter too. Um, but so Israel thought that all of their blessings came from the Baals. When Israel got into Canaan, they and remember that Canaan and Israel geographically are the same place. I don't think maybe I, I, I remember to say that often enough, and maybe all of you know it, but Canaan was the region that God overlaid Israel onto, basically. Um, they're, they're, they're not two different places. Um, and all of the when, the, when the Israelites got there, they spoke to the Canaanites who were there, which was not what God told them to do, and that all the Canaanites had localized deities, localized Baals. I'm going to give you a list a little bit later. And each Baal was responsible, they thought, locally for all their blessings. So invented human religion is always like that. Man does something for God as if to pay, and God responds with blessings. So man gives a sacrifice, and maybe God gives crops or rain or whatever it is. And that's how man thought things should work. When in, 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 in the true religion, what happens? God gives blessings and man says thank you. It's just the opposite. And when you're talking to relatives who are even of some different Christian denominations, they may not understand that basic difference. And it would be worthwhile just getting to the basics. It always is worthwhile telling tell them i believe jesus physically rose from the dead in his flesh i believe that i'm going to physically rise from the dead in my flesh too because their pastor might not be saying that even if they have the word lutheran in their in the name of their church body so make sure they understand that that's what you believe um, and then other things too expanding outward from that like what is justification? What is sanctification? What is our worship? Is it we pray and talk God into giving us? Or is it God gives and we thank him? We also ask him, and then he might give us one of his answers. Yes, no, later, or you're not asking for nearly enough. So lengthen your stakes and expand your tent. Because I'm about to turn on the fire hose, Mr. Fawcett. Okay, verse 6. Therefore I will block her path with thorn bushes. I will wall her in so that she cannot find her way. All right, Israel, you think that the gods are local? I'm not going to let you get back to local. I'm going to take you to where your local gods are not and where they haven't even heard of them. And where are you going? It's here. Um, 2 Kings 17.6 In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria and deported the Israelites to Assyria. He settled them in Hala, in Gozan on the Habor River, and the towns of the Medes. So on this map, the purple is where the northern tribes went, the, nor the, 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 the topmost lines. The green is... 100 years later, where the 150 years later, where the Israel, the Judahites, the Jews went. Okay? Please ignore the red line. It's wrong. 
on this map. I didn't make this map. But I'll give you my own version of that in a little bit. Because the red line has them going through the Arabian Desert, and I don't think that they would have done that. All right. Now, with Israel in God's mind exiled, she will chase after her lovers but not catch them. She will look for them but not find them. Then she will say, I will go back to my husband as at first, for then I was better off than now. What does that remind you of? The prodigal son. That's exactly what he says when he's off in a distant land and wasting everything and spent everything and found out where his stuff really came from. This would be a fascinating Old Testament lesson for prodigal son Sunday, wouldn't it? To throw this stuff in from Hosea. Um, we do have to remember when we choose scripture texts that on Sunday morning we may have people with delicate ears. And so sometimes this stuff just doesn't make it into worship for that reason. It could. Um, and if we were a little bit more thorough with our lessons, um, you know, what if worship were an hour and a half long and we could just read for a half hour? You know, we have a lot more scripture going on um, in our worship. Eight, she has not acknowledged that I was the one who gave her the grain, the new wine and oil, who lavished on her the silver and gold which they used for Baal. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, the grain, the new wine, the oil, silver, gold, I, I, I know I have a question here, what do they represent? They don't. They are what the people actually thought they were getting from Baal. Um, and are these things all that far away from the truth of our lives? Not that far away. Um, if we worship, if we put money first in our lives, we think that money buys everything. If we put power first in our lives, we think that power buys everything. And the oil and the silver and gold. They were supposed to, in fact, in the time of uh, Solomon, one of the priest's duties um, was changed because the priests and Levites no longer had to carry everything everywhere. And their duties get changed in the time of David and Solomon to counting the money that people bring and make sure it's, supposed to, it's going where it's supposed to go to. So they, they, they kind of became the accounting department of the temple, which was, you know, all for the glory of God. Sure. Well, this is the way that um, Pastor Sase spoke to the Australians. And it's just the way that um, uh, 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 Tolkien's friend, what was it? He was on the radio, um, wrote the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, Lewis. That's the way that Lewis spoke to the Englishman. You know, the same thing. Put your own country in, you know, here and, uh, and see what we end up with. Stephen Whitefield back in the 1720s um, and 30s in inserted Virginia. You know, uh, you know let's, let's make sure we're on the right page about what we're reading here. Mm -hmm. We really, when, when, when for whatever reason, whatever crisis happens, um, we have to come together and share because of war or something like that, the government always has to talk the people into it and then finally regulate it. You know, with uh, gas lines or food stamps or, or um, I'm thinking of uh, the, uh, 
what do they call it when you the rationing of like chocolate and and you know and and and, and, and those things during the war yeah there was a limit on things and and so forth and uh, and I'm I'm in my own lifetime I'm really thinking of the gas rationing in the seven in seventy six seventy seven when the when the oil crisis was really on and so forth and and um, yeah people have to be talked into it and forced into it shoehorned into it and disciplined to get into it um, you know for the sake of the for the sake of the rest but right right yeah which they used for Baal nine. Therefore, I will take away my grain when it ripens. God is just reinforcing what you just said. It belongs to God. And my new wine when it is ready. I will take back my wool and my linen intended to cover her nakedness. So now I will expose her lewdness before the eyes of her lovers. No one will take her out of my hands. Wow. What happens in verse 10? He, in the same verse, he goes from law to gospel. Um, he, he switches this. And there's, a, there's almost a Genesis 3 reference here with covering the nakedness. You know, I'll, I'll uncover it. I'll expose it. And then when everybody's embarrassed and looks away and thinks, oh, what a shame, God will remind us, this is mine. You don't take this away from me. Everything is mine. My wool, my linen, my bride. Mine. And the Lord is the only one who gets to say that. And he does. Yeah, it's mine. Um, the, the doctrine he's rolling out for us is the unexpected doctrine of grace. Why would God love me so much that he would come after me the way that he has in my lifetime? Um, and there is no answer. God loves me because he loves me. He doesn't love me because of how, of, of what potentially I might accomplish. He doesn't love me because of something I did do in the past. It's not that somewhere in my youth or childhood I must have done something good. God loves me because he loves me. I will stop all her celebrations, her yearly festivals, her new moons, her Sabbaths, all her appointed feasts. Who Again, who's the her in context? Either one. Which, which, which nation? Israel or Gomer. And what was Israel's yearly festival? It was a pilgrimage that Jeroboam I said, you've got to make every year to the calf at Dan or Bethel. So he, he set up a mockery of what was happening down in Judah um, by imitating it and by wrecking it. And it's just a perfect picture of what Satan does with everything. He only mocks. He does not make. He only twists. He doesn't create. And um, uh, forgive me, but as long as I was talking about C.S. Lewis, um, J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, was in, 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 in many ways in his books teaching correct theology. Um, because in The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, you have these creatures 
Uh, some of them are beautiful and good, and they're the elves. And some of them are twisted versions of elves called orcs, which is actually a Germanic word for the god of the underworld. They named killer whales after those things, orca. Um, and, uh, but the god of the, these underworld demons, and all they are is twisted things. They're not made, you know, from new. They're just made in mock, bread and mockery. And it's, it's, it was Tolkien's way of expressing correctly the doctrine of what the devil does to God's things. He takes everything good and he twists it into something corrupt and evil. Um, so Jeroboam I had done yearly festivals, his own kind of new moon festival, but he changed the calendar. So Judah, Israel and Judah had different calendars until partway through the divided kingdom and all of a sudden they trade calendars. It's like there was a, there was a family get-together between the royal families of Israel and Judah. They swapped baby names. You've got a Joash-Jehoash switch where Joash in the north becomes Jehoash in the south. Jehoash in the south gives birth to Joash in the, you know, and, and they, they trade, they trade uh, daughters as brides. They trade son names and they seem to have traded calendars. Also, uh, Ed, Edmund, Edmund, Teeley, Edward Teeley, um, is the one who kind of figured this out based just on what evidence we have in Kings and Chronicles. It's as it's, it's confusing as all get out, but, it's, but they, they seem to have happened at that Joash-Jehoash division in the divided kingdom period. But the new moons and fe- Sabbath days become corrupt as well. All the appointed fe- feasts. I will ruin her vines and her fig trees, which she said were her pay from her lovers. I will make them a thicket and wild animals will devour them. I want to read to you um, 2 Kings 17 when the captivity happens in the, in the north. The king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and Sepharvaim and settled them in the towns of Samaria to replace the Israelites. Um, I know the words are kind of small. Can you kind of see them on the map? Do you see about where the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea are, small in the middle there? So that all of my arrows are going from those places to, to, I'm sorry, Samaria here. So we begin with Babylon, Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and what we think is Sepharvaim. That's where the Samaritans came from. Are all of these, they're Gentiles from all of these areas that the king of Assyria sent into that one location, basically the kingdom of what had been Ephraim and Manasseh, and settled them there and up into Galilee a little bit, but mostly Ephraim and Manasseh, um, because Galilee later becomes more purely Jewish. But it's that central part that remains Samaritan centered around the city of Samaria and the hills, uh, Mount um, Ebal and Mount Gerizim. Those are the Samaritans. That's where they came from. I'm just going to read verse 13. This is kind of where our time ends. I will punish her for the days she burns incense to the Baals. She decked herself with rings and jewelry and went after her lovers, but me she forgot, declares the Lord. So God's judgment is, I'm sending her into captivity. 
Her land is going to get resettled with Gentiles from far, far away. And she went after them, and she's going away because she forgot me. How long do you think before God calls her back with gospel? Verse 14, I therefore am now going to allure her. I'm going to speak to her in the desert, but that's for next time. Um, We're going to close there, and I wonder if we could close um, today just with the contemporary Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.